You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, I want to welcome to our message. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. I'm excited about what I want to talk to you about today. And as you're turning there, I want to talk to you about being ready for the storm. Ready for the storm. You know, no matter how successful you are in business, no matter how much money you may have, I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're saved and going to heaven, we all face struggles. All of us face difficulties. We all experience setbacks. You know, we, we all encounter even tragedies in life, like really difficult, hard things. And the fact is, none of us can predict when, where, how those storms come. I mean, really, things that happen to us in life are just like storms in the natural. They're, they're, you know, we never know. You just can't really predict. <laughs> and obviously, you know, whether men and women, they go to college, they get, they get degrees, they have years of experience, and, um, and then, you know, what happened this morning when I woke up was not what my Weather Channel app told me <laughs> was going to happen. I thought, man, is it winter again? What's going on? You know, it's just, and you know, we all make jokes about weathermen, you know, they're about, they're about as bad as car salesmen's, you know. <laughs> They make promises that they, they can't keep. You know, we just all experience that. But, but I want you to hear me out. Storms are a natural part of life. They are. I mean, they, they, we have to have them to make things grow. They, they, and the fact is, we need to be ready for them, not controlled by them. And that's what I want to talk to us about today, being ready for the storm. You know, we've got to learn how to respond and react the right way in life towards storms that come to us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, Solomon, the wisest man who has ever lived, and I don't think that's something that's open for debate. Clearly, if you read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, I mean, this guy, he said stuff that I've never even thought of. I don't think I could ever think of, and I've been around really, really intelligent people who have quoted him over and over again. You know, people would travel from all over to hear the words of Solomon. Kings and queens and prince and princesses and statesmen. People would come to hear what he had to say. And he had a lot of really, a lot of good wisdom. And this is another one of those things he says. Listen, whoever watches the wind will not plant. And whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Here's what's always amazed me. When the weatherman gets on the news and he predicts a storm, I mean a thunderstorm, a rainstorm, a windstorm, a snowstorm, whatever kind of storm that it may be, it never ceases to amaze me how people react to storms. And I'm going to be really honest with you this morning. As pastors, this is probably one of the most frustrating things that we experience. Man, we're working, we're planning, we're having our staff meetings, we're, we're getting church, we're trying to make it as good as it can possibly be, and that jive weatherman gets on the, the, the TV on Saturday night and says, well, there's a possibility of, of storms tomorrow, right before we have church. 
It's so irritating when that happens. Because when people hear that and we've planned, you know, this spiritual moment, they don't come. And I'm preaching to seats. And trust me, they don't respond well. When you're preaching to seats, it's not fun. And here's the thing. They don't come not because it's storming, not because it's raining, not because it's lightning, not because there's tornadoes. It's because it might Oh, it might. There's a possibility. We better stay home. We, we, you know, you never know. Something bad might happen. But here's my question for us, church. I wonder how many things the devil has kept you from doing in your life because of what might happen. Well, you know, they might reject me. That business might fail. That relationship might not work out. You know, if I, now if I step out to do that, if I, if I apply there, if I, if I think about God, I, it might not work for me. See, there are people who, they're afraid to get involved in our church. And man, we've really been encouraging people to get involved in our church to get to know people, join our connect groups, get involved and serve. But there's people who, who, who don't because they had a bad experience in another church. They got hurt, they got, they got rejected, something bad happened, you know, and, I, and I'm not making a lot of that at all but because, you know, we all encounter storms. We've all been through storms. They're not fun. You know, I remember when I was a, a kid, re really, really young. I don't remember exactly what age I was, but um, y'all, did, did any of you grow up in a small town and you had those, those uh, tornado sirens? And they would come, and it's just ominous, man. It's like an alien invasion. You know, when I was a kid, I would always think something like that because that, that thing was so loud and ominous. But anyway, this, the, they only turned it on when, when they had spotted a tornado close. They didn't just turn it on, you know, for any reason. But if they spotted one and they saw one and it was in our area, it came on. So anyway, this thing came on when I was a kid. And, you know, my parents turned on the news and sure enough, man, it's coming. I mean, it's just really close. They're telling you, you know, get in your bathtub and get in your storm cellars. My parents told me to get under my bed. Well, I mean, I don't know what good that was going to do. <laughs> you know, I'm clinging to the, you know, the springs underneath there or whatever. And this tornado, man, it, it comes through my, my neighborhood and it does a lot of damage. And it's scary. <clears throat> I remember climbing out from my bed and peeking out the window and just seeing trees like they're sideways. And I'm just freaking out and it's dark and, and, it's, and, and it's loud. I mean, it's like tornadoes are like trains. They're, I've never been in one before and I, just, I, I really thought I was going to die. I mean, it was scary. And I remember after this tornado ended, and I'm not talking like an hour after it ended, I'm talking about days after it ended, I was still afraid. I mean, I was still kind of jerked up. I was, you know, you know if, it, if it started getting dark or there was a little thunderclap or something, I was like, you know, oh, oh my gosh, it's, it's another tornado, you know, and it really kind of freaked me out, and I didn't really want to, I didn't want to really leave the house. And here's the thing, this is what people don't tell you about storms, is that, that what happens after you survived a storm? See, after you've just survived the breakup, 
after you survived the disappointment, after you survived the divorce, after you survived the loss, the, the storm keeps raging inside of you even though it's over. And see, and we all have to deal with that. We all have to deal with our feelings. We all have to deal with the residual of a storm when it comes through. See, a storm comes through and it does a lot of damage and it didn't just get automatically cleaned up. You know, there's a process that you have to go through. We've had some storms blow through our area that's done lots and lots of damage, damage to even my own property. But as Christians, as Christians, we've got to make sure that we know and understand that we serve a mighty God and that God gives us promises in His Word that encourage us and empower us See, we have to be reminded that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither what is in the present nor in the future, nor powers above or powers beneath, nothing in all of creation can keep us, can ever remove us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. See, we've got to know that. That's what the Word tells us. And here's what I'm telling you today. And I want you to listen to me. Some of you need to fire the devil as your weather forecaster. You just need to fire him. Because he's been your weatherman, and his forecast is always ominous. It's always going to be negative, and it's always going to be bad. So you're consulting the wrong source to find out what your future looks like. That we were never meant to consult that source. So now we stay indoors, now we walk in fear, now we walk in worry, now we're living in anxiety. I mean, it's palpable. The people that I'm around, how fearful they, they are about getting sick. And I'm not saying that it isn't a real deal, but we cannot let the devil control every thought that we have. That's not what God has called us to do. you got to read the rest of what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Let's just read on. He says, whoever watches the wind will not plant, and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Now listen. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening, let your hands not be idle. See, this is how Solomon, the wisest man in the world, said you respond to storms. My, my dad was a gardener growing up. Y'all heard a lot of my garden stories with my dad. You know, my dad, this, I mean, like this, this auditorium that we're in right now, my dad would be like, that's small. We're going to plant a garden. I'm talking acres of garden. I mean, you couldn't see over the next hill garden. And, you know, a lot of my summers were spent planting seed. I don't know why we'd have a tractor that did that. My dad, I guess because my dad didn't need a tractor, he had me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I spent lots of summer just sowing seed in the garden for, for my dad, for things that, that we were planting. And, and you know... 
there were times that we had to plant when a storm was coming. As a matter of fact, there were times that I remember planting during a storm. I mean, have y'all ever heard the saying, it's like throwing your seed in the wind? Just throwing your, if I just feel like I'm throwing my seed to the wind. Because the fact of the matter is, if we waited for every storm that was going to pass through, if we're waiting for perfect weather for weeks on end, we would never plant. And we would never have a harvest because we never planted. I just, you know, sometimes you just feel like that. I would throw seed up and the wind just blow it back and just smack me right in the face. I mean, you ever done that? You ever tried to be nice to somebody and it just comes back on you? Just slaps you right in your face. You know, you step out and you try to do something. You try to, try to invest in something. You try to start something. And it, and it just it doesn't work out. Things don't go the way that, that you hoped they would. Maybe you, you tried to do something for someone and it backfired on you. And then I've heard people say, well, I'll never do that again. I'll never get close to people again. Now, they're 18 and they say this. I'm thinking, whoa, you got a, <laughs> man, you might as well move up into the mountains and be <laughs> a mountain man because you got a long life to live being around people. I'm not, I'll, never, I'll never do that again. <clears throat> you know, the fact of the matter is, church, I feel like the wind's been blowing against me my entire life. Some of y'all feel like that. You just faced all kinds of adversity in your life. You may be facing strong winds right now in your life that are, that are blowing against you. I mean, just coming against you. We've all had those experiences, the hurt, the difficulty, the struggle, things that we've had to deal with. You've had to learn to be tough. You've had to learn to fit in. You've had to learn how to make it in life. So you have to learn how to survive a storm. You gotta learn how to get on the other side of a storm. But here's the problem. The problem with this is that you've encountered so many storms that the wind is not even against you now, but you feel like it is. So you've been through so many hard things that there's not a wind of opposition blowing against you now, but you feel like it is because you've been through so many of these moments. See, see what, what happens is your mind has stored up evidence as a result of a storm that you've gone through and you've come to a verdict that is inaccurate based on an assessment from storms that happened in your past. They're not even happening now. But boy, I'll tell you, the forecast is bleak. Storm's coming. And here's what happens, church. We become wind watchers instead of word watchers. God never called us to be wind watchers. God called us to be word watchers. And you can be a wind watcher if you want. Or you can be a word watcher. You know, if you're a young adult, watching the wind, is, it's, it's, it's like trying to fit in. You know, I got to make the right post. I got to say the right thing. 
I got to be culturally relevant, so I got to make sure that I tap it so that everybody will know that I'm, I'm hip, I'm popular, I'm, I'm cool, I'm whatever. I don't want to send the wrong message. Is this the kind of person I have to be to be liked? I mean, that's the question you ask yourself. That's watching the wind. See, watching the wind is the kind of person that James describes to us in James chapter 1. He says they're, they're tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea. They're double-minded in all that they do. See, that's, that's what it means to be a wind watcher. A wind watcher. See, wind watchers, they, they make commitments when the mood is right. When the mood is right. But because the mood when you made the commitment doesn't match the mood that you're experiencing right now, you don't follow through on your commitment. It's a wind watcher. I'm here today to tell you this. You don't always have to feel it in order to fulfill it. You just don't. See, if you're a wind watcher today, there will always be a reason you can't forgive people. There will always be a reason you can't forgive. If you're a wind watcher today, there will always be a reason to quit. You know, I, I can give you ten reasons right now to quit our church. If you're looking for a reason, I can give you ten right now, easy. One of them sitting right on the front row right here. I'll work for him. <laughs> He's always picking on me. Y'all don't know about what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, but it's true. I can give you 10 reasons to pull your kids out of our school and 10 reasons to quit our church right now. As a matter of fact, based on the law of averages, the person sitting in front of you can give you 10 reasons to leave and the person sitting behind you can give you 10 reasons to stay. Just based on the law of averages. And it's just the way it works. My question is, are you consulting the forecast or are you consulting your faith? Whoever watches the wind will not plant, will not plant, Mm. Are we wind watchers or are we word watchers? So you can't consider the conditions over your commitments. That's wind watching. Too many people are considering the conditions over their commitments. Well, there's always going to be a condition. Listen to me. As soon as this COVID-19 is said and done, there will be another thing, another storm, another deal coming down the pike. Just get ready for it. Well, that's kind of gloom and doom. No, that's weather. There's sunny days and there's stormy days. I mean, that's just the way it works. But here's the problem. Whoever watches the wind will not plant, and whoever looks to the clouds will not reap. Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to start doing that, you know, soon, Paul. I am. You know, I know I, I need to be tithing. I've been convicted about that. And, and as soon as I get this bill paid off, 
You know, as soon as I get that new job, as soon as I get the promotion, then I, I'm going to make a commitment and, and, and I'm going to follow through and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. You know, I, you know, I know I need to be healthier and, and the first of the year, and it's not even June, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, New Year's resolution. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat better and, and I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to start doing that. You know, I'm going to work out. It's an imaginary scenario that keeps you from fulfilling an actual opportunity in your life. And I've heard a lot of them. Well, the, you know, I just can't get a job because, well, I can't do this. Well, the reason I, well, I just, I would, but, you know, this is going to happen. And, well, that came against me. And See, watching the wind, watching the wind is wishing you had a different wife or a different husband instead of loving and honoring the one God gave you. That's watching the wind. And I've noticed with people, I've noticed with myself, we all tend to want to wait for the perfect set of circumstances before we do something. You know, we look at the weather, we're like, okay, well, we need to plan this party, but I don't know. I mean, it's Monday, the party's Wednesday, but Tuesday it's saying on Wednesday there's a 20% chance of a rain. Well, we probably better not have it. We need to postpone it. 20%? Are you kidding? That means there's 80% chance it won't. And he'll probably get it wrong anyway. They usually do. See, this is what we call it in Christian circles. Are y'all ready for it? Are y'all ready for it? I just want to make sure you're awake. Are you ready for it? We call it waiting on God. Because, we you know, we got to wrap it in a good, you know, feel good. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting for God to move. I'm waiting. I like this one. I'm waiting for God to open the door. I'm thinking, have you ever read the Bible? Like any of any verses at all in the Bible? I'm waiting on my weather to be perfect for several weeks in a row, and then I might consider planting. Maybe. See, the real issue of faith is do you trust God's timing? It's not that we don't trust that God is good or God is capable. It's do we trust in God's timing. So we trust God's love for us. We trust God's goodness for us. We trust that, hey, Jesus died on the cross and our salvation is secured. Man, we're going to heaven. There's no doubt because I know it doesn't matter if I'm good or I'm bad or what, you know, whatever mistakes I make. It isn't about me. It's about Jesus. So I know I'm going to heaven. We, we got that down. But we don't often trust in God's timing. Yeah, it's just a really bad time right now. I've talked to people. It's just a really, it's just a really bad time right now. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I'm you know, just reading through the Bible. Jesus was always showing up at a bad time. 
It's true. I mean, Lazarus, what is the deal with that? We sent word four days ago. Jesus, he's sick, man. You got to get here now. What does Jesus do? He's a no-show. And then when he does show up, everybody's crying. Everybody's upset. Jesus is ready to work his miracle. Everybody's like, Jesus, is a really bad time. I mean, it's, it, you know, had you showed up four days ago, a miracle would have been great. But now, man, we've, we've had the funeral. We spent the money. Everybody's all upset. We're depressed. We've cried lots of tears. You can't come in here and upheaval everything and mess everything up after we've already done all that. All our relatives paid money to come in. We've done hired the guy to do the funeral. Are you kidding me? Now you want to come in here and, and turn everything upside down, Jesus, and work a miracle? Where were you four days ago? I mean, Jesus, y'all remember feeding the 5,000? Jesus feeding 5,000 men. That's the men. That's what they counted. Then we had women and children. So, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So Jesus is preaching this sermon. He's been practicing it. It's a biggie. And man, he's preaching it. And the disciples are over there, and they're like, man, Josh is going along. I mean, Jesus is going along again. Sorry, Josh. Sorry about that, Josh. Man, Jesus, shut it down. I mean, it wasn't like there was a Chili's on the corner. Everybody, all right, everybody, come on, line up. And the Chili's, everybody in Chili's, all right, get ready, here come the church people. Oh, my God, they didn't call ahead. None of them tip, ah, you know. And so Jesus going on and going on and going on and going on. And finally, Jesus finishes, and his disciples, they're like, man, Jesus, you, you really got long-winded, man. Now we're in, it's late. People have nowhere to go, nowhere to eat. And then Jesus, Jesus says this, you feed them. What? You lost your mind? Do you know how many people there are? Jesus, this is a really bad time to be wanting to do something like that. Bad time, Jesus. It's just bad. Wrap it up. My, my wife comes to me, and she'll say, is this a good time or a bad time to talk to you? And in my mind, the first thought I have, I'm sorry, babe, it's a bad time. Because <laughs> usually if my wife comes to me and says, is this a good time or a bad time? I'm either in trouble or we're about to have to go somewhere and do something I don't want to do. One of those two scenarios. So is this a good time or a bad time? And in my mind, it's like, it's always a bad time whenever you pose that statement. What if the Holy Spirit were to ask you, is this a good time for me to fulfill a promise in your life? Is this a good time for me to work a miracle in your life? Well, you know, Jesus, right now, it's, just, it's a really bad time. It's a bad time. You know, because really, right, I'm, I'm too young. I'm too young to do that, Jesus. Or I'm too busy. 
God, I got, many, got these eight kids I'm trying to raise, trying to run this home, trying to do this. Jesus, I'm just too busy right now. Jesus, I'm just too busy. I got this business going on. There's just no possible way. Jesus, are you serious? I'm too old. You should have come and talked to me about this about 30 years ago when I was too busy or too young. But right now, I'm too old. It's just a bad time. It's just a bad time. But church, listen to me. God likes to bless people at a bad time. He did, Jesus has always blessed people at a bad time. It's never a good time. He raised Lazarus on the fourth day, not the first. He waited until it was way too late, according to anybody else, to show up and work a miracle, and that's when he came. Have you always noticed it's always a bad time to believe God for a miracle in your life or a promise? Just a bad time. Right now, Jesus, you know, it's just, I'm, just, I'm in a bad place. Just, it's just bad. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. You know, I'm, I'm really concerned with what's going on in our country and the world. It's just, it's just a bad time. It's a bad time for me. Jesus' disciples, they say, Jesus, this is a remote place, and it's getting late. Bad place, bad time. That's human nature. That's what we do. God wants to bless us when it's too little and too late. He does. God wants to bless you when it's too little, too late. God made me a promise 18 years ago that I was going to build a home. When I was young, and I had a lot of energy, and I was ready to go. You know what God has decided he wanted to do? Mess up all my plans. 18 years ago would have been great. Now he's wanting me to do it now when I'm 55, and wood prices are higher than they've ever been in the history of the world. I mean, I felt like Noah and God coming to him and saying, build a boat. Really, God? It's a bad time. There's no rain. It's coming. Come on. Come on. Is, am I talking to anybody this morning? See, God wants to bless you. And God does this so that we can learn to consult our faith instead of consulting the forecast. The Bible says the just shall live by the forecast. No, the just shall live by faith. It says we walk by faith and not by the forecast. That's, I mean, basically what it's saying. Keep watching the weather. You keep watching the wind. And here's the problem. The weather was, the weather's meant to be checked, not watched. News is meant to be checked, not watched. That's so why I don't watch it. We got people sitting around all day long. And here's the problem. We got it right here. And so we watch it instead of checking it. I don't know, boy. Market doesn't look good. I don't know. The outcome looks bleak. I'm not sure, you know. I don't know about that. See, the devil's goal is to get you into your feelings and out of your faith. That's his goal. 
Because all the devil wants to do is contradict the Word of God in your life and get you to doubt anything that God says, any of the promises that He has for your life. I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. Really? Why? Well, you know, Paul, there's just some stuff that's happened and there's some things I've been going through. Exactly! You're a wind watcher. See, overthinkers, that's what they do. They watch the wind. We got any overthinkers in the room today? We overthink things. Just overthink everything. We research. We overthink everything. You're, you're a wind watcher. You know, in Matthew chapter 14, if you want to go there, you can, but it's just Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. I mean, not, not, no sooner than he was done feeding all these people. In Matthew 14, verse 22, it says, immediately after this, feeding all these folks, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake while he sent all the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So, I mean, immediately after Jesus does this incredible miracle, he sends his disciples into a storm. Bad time, bad place. Now, I want you to recognize, is Jesus God? Yes. Did, was Jesus aware of the storm? Yes. Did Jesus insist that they get in the boat anyway, knowing that they were going to paddle right into a storm? And it's really inter interesting, if you read that text, it says that Jesus came to them in the fourth watch of the night, not the first. He waited until they were way out there in that thing, baby. I mean, there wasn't no way you could turn around and come back. Now you're in big trouble. Sink or swim. Bad time, Jesus. Bad place, Jesus. But before they departed, Jesus gave them a promise. Listen, he said, I'll meet you on the other side. I'll meet you on the other side. That's what he told them. See, what are you going to focus on? <clears throat> What God says or the storm? What are you going to hold on to? What God says or the forecast? It's up to you. See, the disciples were going into their next assignment by Jesus, which led them into a storm, and they had to decide what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Faith or fear? Wind or word? The wind is firsting the word. Which one's going to win here? Which one are we going to believe? See, here, if those disciples, if they had a, had a Weather Channel app on their phone, I guarantee you, they never would have gotten that boat. Jesus, have you looked at the radar, bro? Are you kidding me? I ain't getting out in that boat. There's a hurricane out there. You're trying to send us into this storm? Are you crazy? You lost your mind, Jesus? I mean, I ain't you son of God and all, but you just missed it this time. It's a bad time, Jesus. It's a bad time to get in a boat. 
And listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan. I'm not saying that we shouldn't prepare. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look ahead. Don't, don't misunderstand me. We should do all of those things. Those are all good, wise things that we should all do. But if you're not careful, your whole life will become a bad time. Just a bad time. And you live in a bad time. And that's where the devil wants to keep his people is just living in this place well, I can't do that because, well, see what happened last time, and man, that really hurt, and I, I'm just not willing, well, you know, well, what if I fell, or what if I met, or what if that doesn't work out, well, how am I going to? Nahum 1.3, his way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and the clouds are the dust beneath his feet. Hmm. Job 38.1, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. See, if you're listening to this and you're an overthinker, you're a wind watcher. You're a wind watcher. And Jesus wants to bless you in a bad time. God's blessed me lots of times in a bad time. Really, a really, a really bad time. But the fact of the matter is, church, a storm is not always an indication that it's the wrong time. It's not. And it's important that we learn that in our walk with God and in our faith. Jesus called Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the water, not a sidewalk. Jesus called Peter to step out of a boat and walk on the water in a storm. He didn't say, hold on a minute. Peace, be still. Water like glass. Boards come up to support his feet. Okay, Peter, step on out, bud. See, we got a whole lot of people. They're sitting in the boat and they're like, Ah, it's a bad time, Jesus. It's just not a good time right now, you know. Jesus, no, I, I want to bless you. I, I, I want to I get you to come out into the supernatural. Do something powerful. Let me, let me show myself strong to you. Ah, I don't think so, Jesus. It's just a really bad time. Hmm. And here's something you definitely don't want to miss. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 and 29, he says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And you know what Jesus said? Come. See, a lot of people think that Jesus called Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the water. But Jesus was calling Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the word. Oh God, I trust you. I'll follow you, but you're going to have to stop this storm first. You're going to have to resolve this problem. You're going to have to fix this situation in my life, in my family, these circumstances that I'm facing. See, there are some things in life, they're just so full of uncertainty that you're just going to have to trust God. None of us have been promised tomorrow. None of us know what that even looks like. But we're going to have to come to a place 
where we trust God. Jesus said, I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> and like I said, Jesus, he came in the fourth watch of the night. Not the first. Well, I mean, God, it would have been great had you answered my prayers, you know, a couple months ago. But now, man, I'm in a pickle. It's a little late now. Would have been better had you saved my kid before they experienced this. Would have been great had you intervened before this happened. Hmm. See, trusting God is walking against the wind. Jesus showed up. Storm didn't stop. Jesus was there. He was calling. Storm's still blowing. And there was this one guy. He was like, he had this burning in his heart. He was thinking, man, that's Jesus and I really feel like maybe I need to step out of this thing and get out of here. But what if? What if they reject me? What if that doesn't work? What if that fails? But he was just he was just unwilling to live knowing that he missed his opportunity. Can you imagine Peter when he got older sitting around with his grandkids? Yeah, we're out in the boat one time. Storm. We're about to sink and, man, Jesus comes walking up out of the, on the water. Really, Grandpa? Really? Wow. Wow. What'd you do? What'd you do? Well, I mean, I was there and all the disciples were there. And, and then Jesus, you know, he... I said, Lord, is that you? And they were like, what are you saying? He said, yeah, it's me. It was Jesus. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Well, what do you say? What do you say next? He said, come. Well, what'd you do? Well, you know, kids, listen. You know, there's just, there's just some, some things in life I need to make you aware of. I mean, what a conversation to have. Or you can be the person who says, man, I just, I don't know, I just, I was just crazy enough to believe that if Jesus called me, that he wouldn't let me sink. And so everybody was yelling at me, stay in the boat, stay in the boat, don't get out of the boat, man, you're crazy, don't rock the boat, stay in the boat. And, and I just, I don't know, I found myself just climbing out of the boat like a crazy person, I climbed out. What happened, Grandpa? I walked on the water with Jesus. Are you kidding? Grandpa, that's awesome. Wow. And then, you know, they go to school and tell everybody, our grandpa walked on water. Your grandpa walked on water. Oh, your grandpa didn't walk on water. Yeah, he did walk on water. My dad's bigger than your dad. My dad will beat your dad up. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I want to end my time with you by saying this. The situation that you're in right now doesn't have to stop you 
The situation you're in right now doesn't even have to stop before you walk on water. The circumstances don't have to change before you start trusting God. See, you may be here today and you're, you're like, God, I'm willing to do it, but you're going to have to change some things. And God's saying, it doesn't work like that, bro. Because I'm a God who wants to bless you at a bad time. Maybe when you're even in a really bad place. And the reason that I'm emotional is because I've been there. I know what it's like. But God's wanting to train you and prepare you and make you ready, ready for the storm. And I want to encourage you today. It's time for you to stop giving more power to a hypothetical situation in your life that might not ever happen. You're empowering it. You don't even know if it's going to happen. Well, it could. Yeah, but it might not. Just as much as it could. Wind watcher, word watcher. What are you going to be? Let's stop watching the wind. Let's focus on all the good things that God has done in our life, all the things that God has done in our past, all the things that God's doing right now, all the things that God wants to bless us with in our future. God's got great things in store for us, but we got to be people who are willing to walk by faith and trust God every day, every day, that he is good, that he is faithful. And his timing, his timing, and our mind isn't always going to be perfect. Sometimes it's going to happen at a bad time. But God's busy doing something in your life, and you need to trust him. Stand with me this morning. I want to take a minute as we close, just a, just a minute before we dismiss. Those of you that are watching on our live stream or listening by podcast, I just want you to take a minute. Just, let's just enter into kind of a prayerful moment here. You may be going down the road in your car, listening to this podcast. Don't close your eyes. Keep them open. Keep your both hands on the wheel. Be in a prayerful state. Maybe you're watching our live stream just there in your living room or wherever. Let's, let's just bow our heads a moment. I want to pray over you. I get it. Hurts have happened. Difficulties have happened. Maybe right now is just a bad time. But God... God, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, sovereign God is capable, more than capable, of blessing you right now where you are in this moment in your life. As a matter of fact, he does it all the time. All the time. And he wants to do it for you too. Just extend your faith today. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you say, God, my, my attitude... It's just been, it's been bad. I've been negative. I've been walking, not in faith, 
but I've allowed just the world to influence me, the news media to influence me, the negativity of, of the world to influence me. And God, I'm, I'm realigning my priorities today. I'm readjusting my sight. And I'm not going to continue to live my life based on a weather app, but I'm going to base my life on your word and what you say. And God, I know that if you want to bless me, you can bless me right now, right where I'm at. So Lord, I pray today that you just increase their faith. Help us to trust in your promise and in your word. Help it, God, to be the thing that speaks to us louder than any wind of opposition that we may face today. And God, we thank you that you have been faithful to us all these years. And you will continue to be faithful because you can't be anything but that because you're God. Forgive us, Lord, for what we don't trust you. Forgive us where we question your motives, your intentions. Forgive us where we make assumptions about our circumstances. God, help us to redirect our attention. Take our eyes off the winds and the waves and put our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And we can hear the word, come, come, come. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been waiting to really make a commitment to the Lord. It's like, God, do you want me to come? Come. Maybe you've been waiting to step out in faith and do something. Maybe you've, you've been waiting to, to see a relationship healed or mended. Jesus, come. Stop waiting for the perfect set of scenarios to fall into place and trust God right where you're at. God, we love you today. We praise you. Go before us this week. Use us. We give you thanks. We give you praise and we give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray. And everyone said, amen. You have been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.